0: Good Friday, this is Ozarks at Large. Last month, the Reflections music series facilitated a conversation with three distinguished guests about the social impact of the arts in peace building, reconciliation, and healing. The third episode of the Reflections podcast is a continuation of that conversation. We heard the first half of that episode on yesterday's Ozarks at Large. Part two of the third episode of the Reflections podcast continues today with our guests, Luis Fernando Restrepo, University Professor and Director of the Comparative Literature and Cultural Studies Program at the University of Arkansas and member of the Scholars at Risk Committee. Anna Baer, Video Choreographer and Professor of Dance at Texas State University. And Cesar Lopez, Musician, Composer, Activist, UN Nonviolence Messenger, and Amnesty International Emissary of Consciousness, and creator of Escopotara. As I mentioned in this conversation, they share the reflections about how creating art, literature, and music can facilitate peace-building, reconciliation, and healing. But also, they talk about the limitations of these arts on the daily lives of those living in violent situations around the world. Again, in today's conversation, you will hear from Dr. Leah Uribe, Associate Chair at the University of Arkansas Department of Music, and Lee Wood, General Manager of KUAF. Dr. Erica Almanara from the Department of World Languages, Literatures, and Cultures. Who will also act as interpreter for CESAR, and Rogelio Garcia Contreras from the Sam M. Walton College of Business and Director of Social Innovation at Arkansas Global Changemakers.
1: Everybody in this space is an educator, and in the panel yesterday, uh, we mentioned, the pa- and of course, from the Luis perspectives as well, is the importance of uh connecting with our students and uh, relating these issues so they are better equipped to face this world and to do something with this information. And this is an open question to all of you, including Rogelio and Erika and uh, Cesar teaches as well in Colombia. And of course, uh, Ana, Luis, uh, how do we is this dichotomy, right, of dichotomy of education is in our hands to teach, but education is also a result of the system that has left some voices out. So how do we teach this? How do we use that very same platform to deliver the right and transforming message to our students?
2: Well, I feel like we just need to be super intentional all the time. You know, we're um, lucky or... we're in a position of power somehow, right? And of course, we have to follow rules from you know our universities and provost and all of this. But um, for the most part, I think we can add or delete or you know transform our syllabi in a way that could be more representative or to bring more critical thought into a dance class, right? Um, so I think we just have to be all the time, intentional. What are we wanting for our students? And um, I struggle with this all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm still, I don't have the answers. I'm just, you know, questioning myself all the time. What can I do for this group of students? What what do they not know about yet? And what? And how does it fit into my curricula? Because I have to teach um, something, right? Uh, whether it be choreography, but then can I not show these examples that maybe they wouldn't even be able to find, you know, in a Google search? And um, yeah, it's just like that extra work and that intentionality. I think that's that's a way.
3: I would uh, second what Anna just said. Um, teaching about all these uh, very difficult, uh, horrible stories. Uh, is very easy, and Cesar has said it before, to get drawn into the violence and the narrative of violence and the trauma and, and really not be able to respond. So, and, and the political science approach to it, the historical approach is a lot on the numbers and the political issues. But it is the art, you know, through film, through music, through literature, um, that we can come to terms with the human experience. Of, uh, of those other lives, you know, the, the, that are worth grieving, that sometimes the main narratives do not grieve, they're not on the front page. But also, I started moving from teaching violence, uh, political violence in, in Latin America and human rights to the post-conflict literature and post-conflict cultures and responses that are very positive. That, that's, that's basically what Cesar is doing. And Ana, um, how can we go Beyond the pain, and look for ways that art helps us explore uh, these difficult questions um, that that uh, the media just makes it into a a, a selling point. Um, so we just need to stop and think and experience the the loss of life, the importance of life, but also through art to to build uh, hope and to create solidarity uh, questions. So that's, that's the more critical reflection, and and that's when you have someone in the presentation we had yesterday, like uh, Doris Salcedo, that takes elements from day-to-day life, furniture like chairs and cabinets, and the cabinets, she blocks them and fills them so they're not longer useful, but the chairs, she hangs them outside of, of buildings that have been subject to violent attacks, or there's there's a, um, a installation that she did for the Istanbul uh, Biennale, is a pile of, of chairs, you know, like a building high, all di- disorganized. And it, it really sees how it makes you think of all the life that is upset by war in a way that you have time to think, reflect, experience. Uh, connect with yourself and, and get the better human inside you to see how we can really not be indifferent to war. Volver a indignarme esta realidad. Entonces volveré a pararme, volveré a salir a marchar a exigir.
4: Yeah, I would just like to comment that what has been said in here is really important in the sense that although we teach and we share these violent acts, this misery, this death, this destruction, it's also important to balance that with the study of acts of resistance as the ones that Cesar has been sharing with us, these artists playing music, uh, keeping those galleries open and creating these spaces of resistance through the arts, right? And I also think that it's really important for us. And I think that that's changing in what I have been reading, how do we, make our students sensitive to this kind of realities that, in a way, are so distant from their own experience of life, right? And I think it's also important to bring experiences to our classrooms, like direct subjects speaking or sharing their own experiences, because one is to read, yes, a short story, to listen to a a music piece that can tell us about pain, about loss, about suffering, but also to give them the opportunity to bring those who have been directly um, touched or impacted by these moments of violence or pain or harm to share their experience, no? because when we dialogue from human to human, then a different connection also is a sparkle. We Dialogue with our students about this, and as Luis was saying, you no, know, how we and our own privileges, you no, know, uh, in a way cast that in a different country or to those group of people, you not know, to go through what Cesar was saying, to always, you know, being self-reflecting about what we do, what we eat, what we buy, right, and how that has an impact and effect in the life of others. It doesn't matter if they are so far away, but they always have an impact. And the the idea of connection, right? Of connection that we are one at the end.
5: of the things that struck me uh is the exactly what you're talking about the role the imagination and how there was a mention of you know to be careful not to put the artist in a position where they're morally superior or they're they're um you know that we are dependent on them to show us things but that it's the imagination it's imagining what the future is could look like that's different than today, imagining uh, what our existence could be like if we did see that we were all one, as Erica was saying, Um, that act and that role of the artist uh, is the most inspirational and it does something, I don't know if you noticed, but when uh, Rogelio was just telling that story about seeing uh, that piece, he smiled. Everyone smiled, everyone's face lit up, and turning that from, from something so dark and tragic and utterly anti-human into that smile that I don't know if there, if I can put words on what that process is,
1: and that's what I see your, your work doing. It's that communal experience, right and mm-hmm. that's what uh what we do when we get together and uh, run a race together or meditate together or attend a concert together and multiply those feelings, yes. the power of groups and community.
3: Yes. Uh, and thinking of the intentional imagination and the um, appeal or actually um, this, this convocation that art can do, it has to do a lot with framing how, with the different media, whether it's sound, music, visual, um, uh, movement, uh, that, that, that it could be transformative. So, uh, Judith Butler has this book that is The Frames of War and basically Who is Really Worth Being Mourned. Uh, so, in general narratives, frame war to the point that you only concentrate on the loss of, let's say, US lives, not the other lives. When we record that, so we need to reframe the look, uh, whether it's in film, in, in, in a novel, uh, through music, through the appeal, and and art has a long tradition, you know, going back to the Greek theater. It's how the expectator, and uh, it's and that's what Roheli was trying to do uh, to mention on, on how we're drawn into the different narratives to feel compassion or not. And humanitarian narratives sometimes uh, have some uh, triangular representation of the pain. You usually don't look necessarily at the people suffering, but there is an intermediary that is there, that is a more familiar image. Uh, you can think of La Pietà you know, the the in the Christian iconography, because you know it, it this draws a lot from Christian iconography. Is the mother suffering for the death of the child? We're not looking at the child directly that is dead, but it filters uh, the this to a, through a more familiar. So then you can have ma- mother Teresa with a child there, or, or or Madonna or Angelina Jolie carrying a you know African child, and it's pretty much the same structuring. So when we come aware of uh, how these narratives are in a way playing with us, and and artists are very conscious on how to respond to those familiar domestication of the horror of war, they start looking for creative ways that, that makes us broaden that frame and make it more human. So it's texture, musical texture, medium texture, narrative texture that we have to work. And so it's not, in, it's not really immediate. Uh, and, and that's where art takes two or three steps from the reporter that is taking there. Yeah, and even with photography. Um, So it's a big responsibility if you have two or three minutes to think about how can I reflect on this very difficult reality that will be positive, that is not just selling and drawing uh, the violence or reproducing the violence. That is the challenge.
1: And Luis just made a call for all of us to reflect and that's what we do in Reflections. We invite our audiences, and we define audience in a very broad way because, uh, in, to this conversation, we're inviting artists and musicians and community members and audiences that go to concerts or go to the museum to uh, experience or, or to see movement or whatever that is. We also involve in this conversation arts organizations, especially in our area, to come and uh, help us think about how to move these conversations in a, to a deeper way and act as a platform for the goals we have, which at the end of the day is have more, have more voices included?
3: I stop in class uh, a lot to say, you know, it's uh, 8 a.m. or it's 11 a.m. We're here discussing art and literature. That is a privilege. We're doing it because other people are there, you know, picking up lettuce and tomato and making possible for us to continue living. So it, it is, seems to be an act of violence unless we use that time wisely. And then the voice from the others I saw in a graffiti in uh, Bogotá and I have a picture of it. And it basically says, if they don't let us dream, we won't let them sleep.
2: I just read a little bit of what Anne uh, Lauterbach uh, writes, the poet. This is about uh, good poems or good poetry, but it extends, I think, to good art. Um, it says, good poems reconfigure the place between acts of perception and response. I think that's what we're trying to do. And we were talking yesterday about how we want to um, make the readings more complex. So um, by abstracting our work, right? And um, we give the audience the, the space, the air, to really draw their own meanings. And hopefully they get in touch with their feelings and that's what brings this um, compassion. I'm not as advanced, probably because I don't know how to move from there to the forgiveness, I'm, 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 I'm still figuring, um, I, I understand what Susan Sontag says about not just showing a violent art of work or, or a violent event as um, a pornographic event, right? We're just like obsessed with all of these images that we see every day and how to go from there to the artistic abstraction. I think that's where I am. But still, I'm not sure how to go from there into the other very beautiful idea of bringing hope or, you know, trying to um, go past that event of violence or tragedy or whatever we're talking about. Um, so I think I, I have lots to to think about and to learn. And um, I'm waiting also for Luis's uh, book to see uh, if that helps.
1: I just quickly want to say, Anna, thank you for sharing that. And it completely connects with the conversation yesterday, the complexity of the artist. And it's just as valid to be angry and to not be, be able to forgive yet as a place of igniting that creative process within. And hopefully we will get there eventually. But uh, where you are is where many of us are too.
6: To go... Uh, through the process of this, this, this reflection without, without um, really thinking, uh, be a little uh, uh, critical of our, our own role in the whole process. And I think uh, all of you have somehow uh, shared how art above anything else is also an act of bravery even if imperfect, even if uh, out of contradictions or um, out of our own struggles, uh, it's definitely an act of, 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 of bravery, of courage. And uh, in my opinion, that is one of the, of the things that really help, uh, again, bring those omissions to the surface, it, it, it really needs, it, it really takes courage to bring, to point out the omissions. Even if we don't even understand uh, how they happen or how we are part of them, or even if we don't forgive uh, or forget, or are able to do that, it bringing those omissions to the surface, it, it really requires courage. And I think, um, I thank you for, for uh, being um, so, uh, such a courageous, group and for the work that you do and the thoughts that you share with us.
4: May I share this listening to Cesar and the young work that I have been doing and many of you have been doing in a way. I think that we need to go back to spirituality and uh, power of creation no, in its broad sense to realize that, as Cesar said yesterday, we do have the power to create new worlds, new, our reality. And I think that that's something that we will have to explore as a species to survive and to do things in a better way. So I wanna wanna bring that to what I teach and how I teach and talking to Cesar and listening to all of you really inspire me to be a better teacher and to want to give more to my students and to myself as well. So thank you.
1: Cesar, your reflection.
4: Estaba
3: mi casa una artista rapera de Palestina.
4: I remember that I received this woman that was a rapper from Palestina, a uh, into my house, and I was like very glad of showing her uh, my escopetara, and I was expecting her to admire, uh, to really like uh, my piece. But then she said to me, "I don't like this. I don't have the time for this kind of stupid things." or these transformations, what I need is the gun to defend myself, to defend my family in the middle of a war where they are trying to kill me. I don't need a symbol. I need something to protect myself and the ones that I love. So that experience made me think about my own privileges, the privilege that I have, that we have to to reflect, to create, And I thought about the limits of what we can really do with art. And to finish my intervention, I wanna share these two statements with you that I constantly think about and that in a way uh, motivates me to uh, participate, to understand things in a different way. One is that there is no good or bad people that we are all slaves of certain circumstances, emotions or interests. And the second statement is that every human being acts for love or because there is a lack of love, no? And these are the ways that I have been trying to always remember to uh, make me operate and exist in life and understand everybody in a better way.
5: Thank you for listening to the Reflections podcast. Again, this podcast is a companion to the Reflections music series, which is made possible due to a lot of people we'd like to thank right now.
1: We have an amazing team of friends and colleagues. Um, and they bring their unique perspectives and commitment to uh, discuss, which is reflections. Um, our team is formed by Helen Beque, Rhonda Mains, Catalina Ortega, Eric Trujano, Erika Almenara, Rogelio Garcia Contreras, and you and me.
5: That's right. And thank you again to the Women's Giving Circle for making this podcast possible. And thank you for listening. Please go subscribe so you will get new episodes as they come out. And connect with us through reflectionsmusic.org. Find us on social media. And uh, please share your reflections with us.
0: The podcast we just heard is part of Reflections Music Series third season and is available at KUAF.com and anywhere you find your podcasts. Reflections Music Series is a project funded by the University of Arkansas Chancellor's Grant for the Humanities and Performing Arts Initiative and sponsored by the J. William Fulbright College of Arts and Sciences, the Department of Music, KUAF 91.3 Public Radio, and the Women's Giving Circle. And this conversation will continue into the spring semester with the release of Collective Grief, a public art installation, concert, and collaborative effort between Lopez and Bear, University of Arkansas students and faculty, and the Northwest Arkansas community.